previously on Zero Credits. Entity known as John, wake up from this slumber. You are out of time and have been separated. Find Henry. Find the other. We will provide the means of transportation. We are opening a portal through time and throwing you in it. <laughs> All right, Henry, it's been a it's been a pretty good episode. I'm just gonna show myself out. I'm gonna beg one of my friends for a ride home because <laughs> I don't have a car. And Ooh. the portal is opening. The portal. He's already gone through time. Well, what if I don't speak? If you don't speak, how can you listen? You are trapped in an illusion. You are out of time, and we must fix this paradox for it to continue. Life itself will end. That's right, we do need to wrap it up today. Henry, you have to go back. Find John. Find the other. Henry, I am open a door now. You must enter it. You must go forward. You must fix the time stream. It is up to you. I can trust no one else with this secret task. Alright, if you say so. Uh, so, from everyone here at Zero Credits, I've been Henry and I'm stepping into a time portal! You are strangely compliant to stepping into the time portal. This just went from Mission Impossible to Mission Frickin' Insanity. And welcome to a Zero Credits supplemental reading of 2011's Fast Five, directed by Justin Lin. My name is John. And I'm Wheelman Henry, back at the wheel, man. Henry? John? No, but Henry. John. I don't really know how to ask you this delicately. John, are you from the future? Are you a time ghost? I'm not a time ghost, but I have talked to a time genie, and that was fucking insane. I, I, I talked to some kind of time. I think it was a time mattress. 
I <laughs> yeah, know that but, it mentioned time a lot and also mattress. Mine also mentioned a mattress and also time. It was really weird. Okay, wait. I'm going to ask you a question that only the real Henry would know the answer to because I've been burned by this before. All right, and I'll give you an answer that only the real John would know. Okay. What is your name? My name is Henry. Well, God, I'm convinced. All right, now let me ask you a question uh, to prove that you're the real John. All right. um, What date is it? It is... Well, right now I think it's September 1st. 2018 you're right all right cool you're the you're the real john um i'm the real henry that we've established this that's great Uh, but i wait what it's (laughs) i I think it's i wait (laughs) november 1st 2018 it's november 1st 2018 it's also september 1st (laughs) september 1st 2018 it's it's also At the same time, it's somewhere in October of 2020. Right, exactly, of course. Okay, so we're both on the same page about We're on the same page, yeah. Right now, it is September 1st, 2018. But somewhere else, it is somewhere in the middle of October, although that's really just calculating the days that they've passed. Like, I feel like I've been time-hopping around... Since, like, the first week of October? Yeah, I I feel like a few weeks have passed at least. I was in a weird void for a while, and then I was in an episode of the podcast. Sounds like a similar deal happened to you. Right, I stepped through that portal that I opened with the help of all those ghosts that I summoned, and the next thing I knew, I was just in an episode of the podcast... And then a time genie told me to do something, something like find you and fix the time stream. Well, I mean, I I think, right? There's no better time than now. I'm here. You're here. Right. We should just t- we should just fix the the time. Wait, is that is that a bucket of Corona? Wait, I know that music. Is that? Is that the DVD menu screen of my library copy of Fast Five? Just playing on a loop while they play out-of-sequence scenes from the movie in like a two-minute sequence? Is this your shitty apartment in Austin, Texas? Right, my 400-square-foot loft that I pay way too much money for. I said loft. What's what's the word? Studio, Studio. apartment. Yeah, my 400-square-foot studio apartment that I pay way too much money for. Henry, Wait, I... Wait, I still I, have that couch. Henry, I, I don't... I, I don't know how to say this, but... Do you think... Wait, John, shut up. John, time? shut up. John, shut up. I just had an idea, John. We just went back in time, right? Like, we've gone back in time. To the moment right before either of us has ever seen Fast Five. People wish for this. We can watch Fast Five for the first time again. Wait, this is every dream I've ever had come true. In that it's the one dream I've ever had coming true. I mean, clearly, I mean, fixing the time stream can 
wait. I mean, right, no. Theoretically, probably that thing's going to be there forever. And what's like a, what's what's an hour-ish between friends and the time stream and the time genie and ghost and mattress? Right. What is exactly, uh, exactly, um, what is exactly two hours and 12 minutes between friends Uh when the time streams on 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 the line, I, I don't feel. I feel like the time stream could stand two hours and twelve minutes. Yeah, I mean, do you want to? Do you want to just take a break and watch Fast Five? I mean, hell yeah! I feel like we've been through a lot lately. I don't know about you, but like, you know, jumping through different episodes of the podcast, and then for like one week, I was I like quantum leaped into the body of like. Uh, some random person who had a who, who was the only person who could fix a problem, and then I like I leapt again, hoping it was my my next leap was my leap home. But now I ended up right before Fast Five. I feel like it's fate. We gotta watch it. Yeah, I I leaped around a lot too. One time I ended up in the in the body of a YouTuber, uh, and I had to fix his racism. I don't really know if it worked. I tried my best, but I hopped out before I really saw any resolution there. Honestly, in in terms of in terms of quantum leaps, mine was pretty pretty underwhelming. But I guess you can't always hope for like a clear resolution to those things, right? I didn't know we were going to get into details, but uh, my quantum leap was uh, I was a, a young boy, and uh, I could sense that my grandmother needed to open a jar. And so I walked to her house. She lived like next door and I opened the jar. And as I was opening the jar, I leapt out of the body and then that body went limp and the jar just like kind of went to the floor and shattered into a billion pieces. So whatever was in the jar, like she wanted to get some peanut butter or something like that, that's just all over the floor now. So I don't know if I helped. There was a second time I quantum leaped. Uh, I don't know if you want to hear about it. Do we want to get into it? I, I mean, I, I feel like we look. What's two hours and twelve minutes and a little change? You know, gonna do to the time stream? I feel like we should hear this. Yeah. So I, the last time I quantum leaped before I got here, I was of course well. The person I jumped into ever since I was a young boy, uh, I'd played the silver ball uh, from Soho down to Brighton. I must have played them all. But, you know, I ain't seen nothing like him, the person who I'm about to describe in a moment, in any amusement hall. He was a deaf, dumb, and blind kid who sure played a mean pinball. That's pretty cool. Uh, he stood like a statue, became part of the machine, feeling all the bumpers and always playing clean. He played by intuition, the digit counters fall, that deaf diamond blind kid sure played a mean pinball. So you jumped into somebody who's... He was who's... a pinball wizard, Henry. There had to be a twist. The pinball wizard's got such a supple wrist. He had such a supple wrist. You jumped into somebody who saw this person? How do you think he does it? I don't know. What makes him so good? 
Ain't got no distractions. Can't hear no buzzers and bells. Don't see no lights of flash and he played by sense of smell. Always got a replay. Never seen him fall. That deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure played a mean pinball. Well, speaking of no distractions, I feel like we have no choice but to not get distracted in our mission to revisit for the first time Fast Five. That's right. I'm just going to crack open a Corona here. Yes, I also am drinking a Corona, even though we both know that the funny thing about Fast Five, there's no Corona in it. No Corona, only Brahma. But yeah, we'll Bra- get into all that later. Right, they drink Brahma or beer with the label conveniently not facing the camera. But you're right, let's get down to brass tacks. Fast Five, John, take it away. All right, here we go, hitting play in three, two, don't know why I'm counting down, one. Whoo, that, my friends, that's a fast five. What a roller coaster. From start to finish, this movie, this movie is quite literally, John, off the rails. <laughs> it's, it's off the, there's a train in it. There's a train in the movie. That's why I said that. Yeah. Yeah, there is a there is a train in the movie. Listen, all kidding aside, that movie genuinely holds up, even through the time stream and us living various lives. You, of course, as a failed jar opener, and me as a racist YouTuber who uh, played pinball or whatever. Even... Uh- Though I wait, I feel I feel the need to clarify, John. I opened the jar. I was not a failed jar opener. The jar got opened. I just then jumped out of that body and it went limp, and then the jar fell and shattered into a million pieces. But it was open. Even though you jumped into the body of a weak man, and I was a pinball racist, it feels like even in the what two the, years I, plus, the jar was open, John. I even did not though, Even though you jumped into the body of some kind of person who can't open a jar, and I was a <laughs> racist version of Elton John. I hate this. The I, movie... The, why won't you really, believe me? Even, even two years and however much time we spent lost in the time stream or whatever, the movie genuinely holds up. It's so good. It's great. And you know what also holds up? Our disclaimer that we say before supplemental readings, where we say we're about to spoil the hell out of Fast Five. So if you've never watched it, maybe you jump in a time portal of your own. Maybe you find yourself in the body of a young girl whose grandma needs to sweep up a bunch of broken glass and, I don't know, marmalade or something. I. The point is, go watch the movie, then come back, because... This is a movie you need to experience without people talking about it first. Now, I will say that this warning might extend a little bit further because we are actually watching this uh, with the memory of all the Fast and Furious movies we have watched, though we are, as we established, two years in the past. Uh, So we may uh, lightly spoil uh, upcoming Fast and Furious movies as well. So if you're not down... With the Fakiu, maybe tread carefully. For those of you who do not know, the Fakiu is the Fast and Furious Cinematic Universe. Um, just wanted to get that out there. We're not, we're not, we're not 
yelling. We're not insulting you. We're just saying the abbreviation out loud. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Well, fuck you too. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. All right. Fuck you. This movie is insane, John. It is. So I I will say having watched this movie, uh, you and I both went on the same journey where this movie was really the turning point of our unironic enjoyment of the Fast and Furious movies. Because leading up to it, you had your first one, fine, iconic. Second one, best movie ever made. Third movie, Tokyo Drift. Uh, fourth movie, where Justin Lin enters the picture, uh, really kind of, well, actually, he entered the picture in Tokyo Drift. Uh, but the, the first, like, kind of more traditional Fast and Furious movie, helmed by Justin Lin, Fast and Furious, was fine. It had a lot of, like, directorial flourishes that were really cool. And then Fast Five, I think, is when you and I both admitted this movie genuinely, objectively, uh, whips ass. You're, you're right, yeah. You have, you know, the beginning of this series is just, let's do point break, but with street racing. And then... You know, it was so popular, they did a sequel without Vin Diesel for some reason that, you know, obviously we don't even need to talk about. And then they did a, a weird threequel where it was set in Tokyo with none of the original characters until the very end. And then you had Fast Four where everybody comes back, but it's a little weird, and also Letty does. And now you've got Fast Five, which is honestly and unapologetically one of the best action movies of all time. It's one of the best action movies of all time. I feel like anyone could just kind of watch it, obviously, just because it's good and fun. Uh, However, it is something that very much rewards you in such a way that I still felt, even having seen this movie now three times, uh, that you you still feel these like payoffs of the relationships you've developed with these characters, and I don't know if you noticed this, having watched all the other movies, uh, they reflect back on this, and now being able to watch Fast Five through the lens of someone who has seen all the other movies, it's kind of even more impactful when everyone gets together, right? Because it, 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 this is a really great movie that rewards people who stuck with the series up to this point, because pretty much everyone who's been introduced as a character thus far, uh, who hasn't died in some way or another, gets brought back for one last huge heist for a hundred million dollars. The stakes have never been higher. The stunts never bigger. It's what's so great about this movie is, uh, you know, it, it has the tired premise of, you know, the, the one last job and then we're out. And and it's kind of like, all right, you know, I'm back in. And, like, we know what they've been through. Like, we've watched it. It's not like one of those lines written to, like, give a, 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 a character an easy backstory of, like, the grizzled thief. It's like, no, we've seen them from from their start to now. So we know how tired they are of running and all the bullshit they've gone through. And if they can get this one last score, they'll be out forever and be good. It's like, it's the trope, but actually done right. 
Yeah, it's it's a heist movie with an eight hour buy in where you have to you have to watch eight hours worth of backstory of all of these characters, and then when the heist movie happens, it's so much better. It it's <laughs> this movie is great. It's it's good. I don't know what it's, to say. It's, it's so it's, good. It's a very good movie. I I will say with. The, with the knowledge I have now of, of the movies yet to come, uh, obviously this movie is a high point, but also this movie would serve as a perfect, other than maybe the, the after credits scene, this movie would kind of serve to be a perfect last Fast and Furious movie. It would, yeah. If their goal is really just to get enough money to retire on, by the end end of the movie, we see them all sort of celebrating and living their best life and being happy. Um, and honestly, we could have walked away from the series right then and there. It even ends with like a kind of teasing one last race between uh, Brian O'Connor and 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 Don Toretto to you know finally settle that feud in a way that you know, of course, there's never going to be an answer in the series because. You know, that's not really the point. The point is, this is how they bond, and this is their friendship. They're always trying to best one another. And that's the perfect note to leave the series on. And then, you know, they, they've they made three more, well, four more, one unreleased, and then there might be more coming on the horizon. Yeah, it's... I I feel like watching the movie now is interesting because it actually kind of made me sadder than I thought it would. Not because the movie is not great, but because there's a lot of... So the the only analogy I could really come up with is watching Fast Five now is kind of like having a person you've known all your life through their ups and their downs and then going back and like watching like home videos of them as children and then knowing the the heartache that comes both for these characters and also for us in the audience for the quality of these movies uh kind of being all over the place both in terms of direction production and writing and you're seeing them at their best vin diesel looks so young his voice is high pitched even though this movie was only well was shot 10 years ago and right. Compared to something like Bloodshot, where he just looks and sounds old, and you well, have Brian O'Connor, who is alive, who's alive. It's I don't know them existing on the same screen with such good chemistry. It's it just makes me sad because something about these movies does turn into a simulation of itself past a certain point and the movies do have like great installments and it stays a lot of fun and I'm going to watch all of them, but you, you do see in fast five the best and it makes you a little sad. Yeah. It's definitely seeing like, you know, an athlete in their prime knowing that the prime can't last forever. You know, we only get so many days in the sun, so many golden memories uh, before, you know, time keeps going and 
you, they keep trying to tap into that, and really what they keep falling on, I mean, I, I don't know whether this is like studio direction or not, is just to make it bigger, make it more spectacle, make everything more grandiose, which Fast Five was already starting to do. Like, it's the beginning of zooming out and expanding and building. Because uh, this is like one of the first movies in the in the fuck you that's international in scope, and uh, the bad guy isn't just like a, a drug runner or like a, you know maybe a, a, has a small smuggling operation, but like runs a freaking country and owns like entire neighborhoods. It's like their their first really like big bad guy, so kind of where the series ends up starts in Fast Five. Like, these are the seeds being planted for jumping a car between buildings and uh, taking down a sub and stuff like that. Because at some point they kind of... And, and we've talked a little bit about where we think the series is going. But I feel like Fast Five is the pinnacle because pretty much everything after Fast Five is them admitting, okay, now the only enemies they can have are themselves the only enemies they can have are like translations of these characters hyper competent deadly individuals whereas like the the reyes character is like oh you're against like a government whereas going going into future installments when you have like shaw the bad guy but just like a super hyper capable individual and then you have like Cypher, and then at Hobbs and Shaw, you have whatever Idris Elba's character's name was. Well, actually, whoever the the entity behind Idris Elba's character was, that oh, weird true. mysterious voice who outfitted Idris Elba with the weird cybernetic surgery. But it's it's nice. The stakes feel so unique in Fast Five, because... and it's oh, sorry. It, it they, they just feel so unique because eventually the I think after Fast Five the Fast and Furious snake just started eating itself, which is interesting to analyze for what that might mean for future movies. But it is kind of a bummer that Fast Five got it so right. Yeah, it, it's the perfect balance. You know, it's large scale, basically citywide, the city of Rio wide, uh, but at the same time very personal. And very uh, like it's a vendetta against one shitty dude who honestly happened to get they got kind of caught in the crossfire between like the the U.S. government and this guy. <laughs> um, they just happened to be part of the crew who was boosting the car that happened to have the manifest of where all the cash houses were for this guy, like. It's it's honestly random chance that any of this happens, I, and I think it's it, it's something that's worth looking at in these movies because going forward, the I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say. So what we noticed in Fast Five, and I think one of the biggest reasons why we were excited to get into watching Fast and the Furious in a semi-ironic way when we started, was that we imagined 
that it would be interesting to see this like transformation of these characters into superheroes in the public consciousness. And Fast Five is really where that happens. Right, yeah. For, for sure. It's the first time anyone like going after them makes note of like, hey, don't let them behind the wheels of cars because they know what they're capable of. And what they're capable of is, let's be honest, superhuman feats, but only behind the wheels of cars. Yeah, and this is the point where we really started to see that. And a thought that I had during the first fist fight between Dom and Hobbs is that we, when we like talked about this movie the first time, we marked out super hard for this fight. Like it was crazy to us that they seemed so superhumanly strong, and the fight is great and very cool. Uh, but it is extremely tame compared to literally throwing people through walls and jumping 20 feet in the air, which become kind of de rigueur at some point in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the the end of the, 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 the Dom and Hobbs fight, the second fight they have, where Dom brings that wrench down, you know, and misses because he, he's being pulled out of the, that rage. And then you flash to the end of Fat 7 when Dom literally brings a parking garage down with a wrench yeah. because he's so strong. It's like, yeah, clearly there was a departure and some, some stylistic choices made. Sure, missiles weaken the parking garage or whatever before that moment. But it's like the – it's the same motion and we don't get to see the ground in this movie when he hits that – when he hits it with a wrench. So we don't know, you know, what, what's his strike power like? What, what's happening here? Did he crack the foundation of that? But it, it, that's not what Fast Five is about. It's not about amplification or, or like this crazy over-the-top action quite yet. It's very concerned about these characters who we've seen for four movies and seeing them at their best uh, you know, Roman and, and Taj, the chemistry between them is just so great because it's like this big brother, little brother kind of egging on that just, you know, they clearly enjoy being around each other, but they can't help but make fun of each other. And then you've got uh, like the Dominicans who do kind of the same thing, just with subtitles. It's like everyone gets a moment to shine in this movie and nothing is too overblown over the top. So it's like it's very still rooted in these characters rather than a, an spectacle. And, and I feel like something that this movie really conveys, which future movies might not, is that it just seems like everyone's having a good time making it. It feels joyous. And then I don't know if it's what we read about behind the scenes drama about these movies or whatever, but they start to feel a little more manufactured. This one definitely feels a little more like lightning in a bottle, but it's still, I mean, I still love these movies to death and all of these are largely nitpicks, but it is difficult to watch something as good as fast five, a second time. Well, third time. Yeah. I I mean, just because we know what comes next, like if we could somehow forget all that stuff and watch it for like a first time, then I think, uh, you know, we would fall in love with it all over again and not have 
some of these reservations or, or, you know, thoughts about the future, but that's impossible. Now the, the nice thing about fast five, uh, having the benefit of knowledge of the future is I think, and you in one way, and you can argue with me on this. I think fast five might be, one of the most important movies in relation to the trajectory of a certain kind of cinema and maybe movies in general, it might be one of the most important movies. Now you you have to back that up. Why first, what particular type of movie are you talking about? Well, that's movies that feature or star ex professional wrestler, Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Okay. Which at this point is a diminishingly small number of movies uh, that do not fit that descriptor. Right. Um, So why is this movie so important to the subgenre of film movies that star Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Well, it's also worth noting Dwayne The Rock Johnson basically are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he's totally embedded in culture regardless of how many movies he's in however i was thinking about this watching it and i believe that fast five is the birth of his on-screen persona that really started to kind of hook people on the Dwayne the rock johnson shtick because let me read the movies that he was in in the four years leading up to his appearance in Fast Five. In 2007, well, let's go back to 2006. He was in Southland Tales and Gridiron Gang. He In 2007, Reno 911 Miami and The Game Plan. 2008, he was in Get Smart. 2009, he was in Race to Witch Mountain and Planet 51. In 2010, he was in The Tooth Fairy, The Other Guys, and Faster. So, maybe not a ton of movies that most people would say are their faves or did a ton of money in the box office. The only movie he was in in 2011 was Fast Five. And let me read the movies to you that he was in after Fast Five. G.I. Joe Retaliation, Pain and Gain, Fast and Furious 6, Empire State, Hercules, Furious 7, San Andreas, Central Intelligence, Moana, Fate of the Furious, Baywatch, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Rampage, Skyscraper, uh, and then in the future, Shazam, Hobbs and Shaw, and the next Jumanji. For the most part, the movies that people know The Rock from happen post-Fast 5. So... Whereas before Fast Five, you could see him in some comedies and uh, in Reno, Miami, for some reason. But but like some comedic kind of things. After Fast Five, he's in mainly action, mainly playing a badass, kind of doing the same, you know, shtick in each movie. But you kind of, it doesn't matter because he's so charismatic, he, no one's going to fault him for it. Yeah, I mean, prior to Fast Five, the biggest action movies that he seems to have featured prominently in were Walking Tall, which slaps. Walking Tall is super fun. It's a very it's a great movie. Well, he was also in The Scorpion King, of course. Uh, Doom and Faster. Whatever that is. 
It is apparently a movie with him, Billy Bob Thornton, and the tagline is, Slow justice is no justice. That sounds uh, pretty pretty bad, if you're asking me. So considering the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the highest paid, probably most culturally prolific actor on Earth, I think Fast Five is really where that... where his like growth in Hollywood started to be like totally exponential. That's really interesting to like considering that he wasn't even their first pick for that character. Like Luke Hobbs was supposed to be Tommy Lee Jones, as we discussed in the previous supplemental reading we did of this, uh, of this, uh, this movie. Other than the part where him and Dom fight, that character was totally written for Tommy Lee Jones. You can also tell what parts of the movie were filmed when, because it appears as though Dwayne The Rock Johnson was trying to preserve the integrity of the role by having a southern accent, and he does it about 30% of the time. The other 70%, he's just talking. Right. Yeah, when when he's first introduced, he's got kind of like a completely different persona where he's saying these lines like, you know, better have your thunderwear on and, you know, you know I like my dessert first. Come on, give me the veggies. Like, all these things. And then later in the film, he's kind of just like, I'm in. I'm going to take this bastard down. It's like... What happened to all the fun language you you were using, Mr. Luke? What happened to that fun, snappy, Tommy Lee Jones-style dialogue? And that was like, you some bitch, that's for my team. Blap, blap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will say one of the... uh, One of the... So, there aren't many flaws with this movie, John. We, We both very much like it. And in many ways, you could call it a perfect film. Um, but Dwayne Johnson's facial hair in this movie kind of made me do a double take. I don't remember it looking so bad before. It's like painted on. It doesn't look like real facial hair. And I, I feel like they made a good decision going forward with him being completely clean shaven. Yeah, it looks like they asked him to grow a goatee. He couldn't, and then they aggressively dyed it. Yeah, he's not like completely clean shaven in the sequels. He's got a bit of stubble on him, uh, but it looks miles and leagues better than the the painted on kind of like bad guy goatee. Even though he plays a good guy technically in universe, I'm just glad I mean, we moved away from about- that. If we're talking about characters' looks, there is uh, one scene in the safe house where Vin Diesel is wearing, like, a knitted shirt with fake pockets on it. It's like he's wearing, like, a little girl's sweater that he put over his body. It's really funny. Uh, John, when you're a fugitive from the law, you don't have a lot of clothing options. Yeah, I mean... Brian O'Connor and Dominic Toretto were running bare ass naked through a cornfield and they ran through someone's clothesline and then they just had on whatever clothes when the clothesline <laughs> right. like, whipped them around. 
I, I actually did notice this, and I, I thought it was pretty funny. You know, it, it's going to be probably the biggest day of your career. This is the biggest heist you've pulled so far. And, you know, it's got, you know it's going to be big. So what do you wear if you're Brian O'Connor? Just like a navy blue polo and some jeans. You know, his, his fashion choices <laughs> in universe have never been great. I, I just had to laugh because, like, there's Dom in, like, a white plain tee. Oh, uh, classic look. Classic yeah, look uh, for Dom. Dom knew what he was doing. And then Brian's over here in, like, a golf shirt. Like, like he's about to hit the, the, the green <laughs> as he's running let's, to... Let's be real. He's dressing like he's got a job interview at Best Buy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, big, biggest heist of your career. What are you wearing? A polo shirt and some jeans. Like, your your your, your wife's like, we got to go to this, this uh, barbecue, this neighborhood barbecue. And, and she's like, wear something nice. Yeah, Ask wear that shirt I bought you. I just have to say that the relationship between Brian and Mia must be horrible. Oh, because of how he dresses? Oh, I mean, the relationship itself must probably be fine. However, his like general grooming and dressing himself and making decisions must be uh, a real bummer on Mia. <laughs> yeah, she, the, reason, the, the real reason why she waited so long to reveal her pregnancy in this movie is not because... You know, about everything going on, she was really just, you know, picturing the rest of her life with Brian O'Connor picking out those polos and, like, just being himself, really. The the second he heard Mia was pregnant, he went and bought baby-sized versions of those jeans with the embroidered angel wings on the pockets. Yeah, and, and like, a little baby polo from the baby get. And some DC shoes and some Oakleys. Yep. He's like, this is going to be the coolest baby. And everyone's like, that is one basic baby. Hey, he knows what he likes. He, he knows what he likes and he goes after it. He, And to his credit, like he, you know, he, he doesn't look dorky. He pulls off the look. I mean, he's the only one that does. However, Han's fashion in the movie, in impeccable. this movie at all, impeccable. Impeccable. Yeah, I like we like 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 we've already said. Like this is all of the characters that we've watched in all these movies, just operating on all cylinders to the point where we we discussed this last time. The like their their method of introduction and and like in universe explanation of why they're there doesn't really hold up. It's, it's like you know uh, they say, oh, we need we need a chameleon. We need somebody who can blend in, and it's Han, and it's like, when did he ever, when has he ever done that? <laughs> yeah, when, when has the, the braggadocious leader of a, of a Tokyo street gang, maybe he, maybe he go, maybe he, maybe he, Maybe he grows into that personality because yeah. this is pre-Tokyo Drift. So maybe before all this, he, he was, was a, like chameleon. a chameleon spy guy. But then they're, they're like, Tedge is the greatest circuit man. It's like, <laughs> the only thing we know about Tedge is he knows how to tell people to scramble and organize street races. Right. He had big hair and he could organize virtually any race you could conceive 
and we need someone. We need a smooth talker to get us on the inside. Let's get Roman Pierce, uh, a foul-mouthed psychopath who never did anything right. Yeah, a foul-mouthed psychopath who will literally try to kill your boss given the chance. I think the problem is that they started to fill out this team and then they took the... They took the general route of someone like recommending their friends for a job being like, I know that this person <laughs> is not who they're looking for, but I'm going to lie and say that they're really hard workers and they're like proficient in Excel. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's definitely like the I know a guy kind of thing. And like they I present. literally says I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know a guy. It's great. It's amazing. And like to the point where it's like I'm so happy I'm seeing all these people again. I'm not even I don't even care that I've literally never seen Giselle pick up a weapon, let alone be a weapon expert. She's a weapon expert. She can back anybody up. The greatest thing is in this movie, she still doesn't ever she she uses a gun to like make a point of like I'm not, you know, don't I'm not easy prey. Don't talk to talk about me like I'm a piece of meat. But other than that, she doesn't do any weapon stuff in this movie. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, the only person who... I mean, Han doesn't even do chameleon stuff. The only person who lives up to their name is Tedge because he inexplicably becomes a hacker. Well, the, the, the Dominicans also are... They do some demolition... Uh, expertise in so that they also live up to their name. So, in the 15 minute film where we learned about the Dominicans, did we learn how did we learn that they can bust through people's defenses? Did they like break someone out of prison or something? I don't remember Los Bandoleros. I'm sorry to say, I do not remember anything about that film. They stole gas, right? In that, or is that fast four? No, they. I think they stole gas. You know what? They put the Dominicans in the movie. Great, I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. I am. I will always support putting those two guys because they're funny. Like, what an inordinately ballsy move, though, to make Fast Five and say, "Okay, we need to round the round out this team. Let's use two guys from a short film directed by Vin Diesel that no one has seen." You think that was in his writer? And Diesel's like, listen, I'm not. I I can only do Fast Five if Los Bandoleros is canon, and also the Dominicans come back. Yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm game to do more films, but I need you know. I promised them they could be in a film, and you, you know, I feel like now's the time, and I you know the script the script might call for it, and this is it. And then you know it worked out fine. It's great, <laughs> and. uh they they're like Finn. I I don't know if we can do it. Like they're they're, they're not known actors, and no one watched Los Bandoleros. He's like, yeah, you you show me a movie where it's just Roman Pierce and Brian O'Connor, <laughs> and they're trying their damnedest to talk to Tommy Lee Jones, and you tell me how that goes. Yeah, he's like, you want another you want another too fast, too furious on your hands. Get get Eva, get Eva Mendez. See if you can get her back. Yeah, I don't think you can. Get, see if you can. Not if I'm not attached. <laughs> hey, what was the bad guy from Fat, Too Fast, Too Furious's name? Get, try to get him, huh? Yeah, what was his name exactly? Right. 
I'm still waiting for him to come back, by the way. He might. He said he was going to break out of prison and he was going to come at a, come after Roman Pierce. So, you know, you know how we don't know the bad guy from Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, maybe maybe it's it's gonna be it's gonna be that drug lord from Miami. I I would be very interested to see if one of the last Fast and Furious movies is them unveiling a Fast and Furious crew like Fast Five, but it's all the villains. Oh, so kind of like Fast Six. Yeah, but different. But with with people that with we've seen. Cipher, yeah, with drug guy with. Deckard Shaw and Owen Shaw, who's dead. He's still still alive. Okay, Owen Shaw, all the Shaws, even though Deckard's good. Okay, just Owen. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I guess they're never really going to address the fact that Deckard Shaw fucking killed Han. You know... They've got one, I feel like maybe in an upcoming movie, they might talk about it. They better, maybe he chameleoned his death. Yes. He, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, there's a flashback and uh, Deckard Shaw has just thrown the lighter that blows up Han's car and it zooms in on Han, and then his eyes go in different directions because he's a chameleon, <laughs> and then he blends into the background, and then the car explodes. Yeah, his, his eyes go in different directions, and his tongue shoots out and eats a fly, and yeah. he, he looks right into the camera, although he faces the camera, but his eyes are going in different directions, and he says, remember, I was the chameleon, and he disappears. <laughs> uh, that would be the best possible ending. I do really do hope, though, because we've already seen Han die in Tokyo Drift, and the, at the end of Fast Six, we 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 got that scene again, and they added in uh, Deckard Shaw like killing him. I want them to go back to that scene again and just put more stuff, more things. Yeah, just to- keep building on that one scene. I want them to go back to that scene. And then instead of the car blowing up, it cuts to a different guy, whoever the antagonist is, and they're pressing the button to make yeah. it at the same time. Yeah, they they punch out Deckard Shaw and then pick up his explosive thingy and he pushes the button. But by yeah. then, Han has crawled to safety. We just didn't see it. Yeah, no one, no one saw him crawl to safety. But now we as the audience do. Yeah. These That's movies what I are want. dumb. These movies are great. I love them. They love every every one of them. Every single one. Oh. Okay, so on a rewatch, uh, one thing I want to say. Um, that truck that you told me that they built specifically for the train heist. And it was all practical. Oh, car? Is, is that the, 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 you know, the thing that has the the bed that gets closer to the to the train and then like ramps down so cars can can fall off of it? Yes. Yeah, that thing. I and you told me they built it. It was all practical and they even crashed it into that train practically and that's great. But the second I would see that they have specialized equipment just for this heist. If I'm Brian O'Connor and uh Mia Toretto, 
I'd be like, okay, wait, who the fuck is this? Who's who's paying us? Because they built this thing just for this heist. There's no way that that's like a truck that has any other use. They built this specialized truck. Like, who's funding this? Are we about to get in some bad shit? Yeah, I, I thought we were just in to steal some cars, but now that I see this special wiggly train stealing car that they built, obviously they have resources that we didn't imagine. <laughs> it's like, wait, we're stealing cars from a train. Okay, I guess that's not too weird. There's DEA agents on the train, huh? Well, I guess we wouldn't be stealing the cars unless somebody took them. It's like, there's so many steps you can kind of, like, start piecing it together. But I guess we're like, oh, we're hard up, and Vincent said we need cash, so guess we need cash, and Dom's not here, so Dom's really the one who thinks for us. Did did you notice that when you saw Dominic Toretto, like, when they give you the reveal, like, less than ten minutes into the movie, I've I've gotten so used to... The, the myth of the character of Dom. I've gotten so used to the reaction of seeing him the first time to be like, oh my god, it's Dominic Toretto. Is that Dominic Toretto's music? Oh my god. Uh, but this time it's just like, oh, it's Dom. Cool. Dom's back. Well, Dom's out of prison. Cool. It's funny because like we see like they show him on the bus, then they show his car driving up to Vincent, who's about to leave for the jobs. So that's two times we've we've technically seen him like implied, and then like yeah, the train wall comes crashing down, and there he is with this bright light and shrouding him like the saint that he is. But it's kind of like, well, yeah, we kind of knew he was going to show up because you showed him pulling up to Vincent, and Vincent smiled. So like, we we knew he was going to be there. It's just refreshing to not have to play the game of, oh, Dominic Toretto is like an archon that appears every 300 years and has to be the (laughs) biggest deal in the world when he shows up. Yeah. I I do like that Vincent gets to throw in, you know, one of those, look who showed up, so they can just check off another one of the, uh, like, tired, like, tropes from, like, action movies and heist movies. Uh, But solely within a character who does not uh, exist beyond this film. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the great thing about Vince is, I believe when they were making Fast Five, they are like, ah, oh, fuck, right, Vince exists. Let's kill him. Yeah, but like Vince had like a toady, like another guy. Like there, were all, there was always Vince and someone else. Where's that someone else? <laughs> no idea. In Spy Racers. Oh, God, please no. Please no spy racers. Oh, you know we have to watch that second season eventually. God, shut up, no. We know You know we have to. Oh, I can't. I don't even wear anything with the first season. It was so bad. Dom Toretto's weird sloth face still haunts me. Yeah. I just get real bummed thinking about Spy Racers. Some news dropped today, though. Well, yeah, so, uh, so it's for, you know, through the, uh, my phone, actually, I can see, like, the time and date on it, and it connected somehow to today, and I oh, got to, fuck. I got to browse some, uh, some current news. Actually, it only, it, what happened was, like, my phone got an alert about some Fast Five news, 
and then immediately disconnected again. So all I know, I don't know what's going on in the world, but I did get this one article, John. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, but it was announced today that the Fast and Furious franchise is going to end after two more movies. Oh, few. Wait, only two? Two more movies. Now, here's the thing. As my wife pointed out to me, somehow through the time vortex. Yes, <laughs> you are not. You are as of yet in September 2018 not married. So the headline reads, Fast and Furious series to end after two movies. Justin Lin returning to direct both. Oh, hell yeah. So this makes me think. They already filmed Fast 9, colon, The Fast Saga. And they didn't release it yet. So that means two more in addition to 9. Yes, Fast and Furious 11 would be the end. So we know, John, we know from rumors before we both fell into time portals, uh, Michelle Rodriguez did a couple of interviews and revealed and hinted heavily that the Familia, the Fast and Familia, was heading to space. And, oh. and, and F9, the Fast Saga. So that can only mean... That Fast 10 and Fast 10 Part 2, they're doing it. Fast they 10, they're going... They yeah. To. Fast 10, Highway to Hell. Yep. And then Fast 10 Part 2, racing out of hell. Racing out of hell. Han and out he, of hell. Han out of hell. Well, depending on what happens in Fast 9, because the trailer for Fast 9 already had something in it. But there are other people they could go get. Like, Giselle died in Fast 7. Yeah, Giselle out of hell. No, she died in Fast 6. Yeah, she passed away. <laughs> she, fell off, she fell off. She got shot off a plane. Shot off a plane on the world's longest runway. Exactly. And then Han died. But if he's back already, then they could go get Giselle. They could get Gal Gadot back in these things. I, I for one, would be fine with that. Or maybe something happens in Fast 9. And I always thought it would be like they have to go get Dom some, for some reason. For some reason, he's in hell. And then they have to, you know, go back and get him and race, race out of there. Yeah. I always imagined it would be some devil's bargain situation where Dom gives his life. His final and ultimate sacrifice for the Familia, the one that he has been trying to make the entire series, because Dominic Toretto is the perfect character because he only has one motivation, and that is the integrity of his Familia. If, if, he, if he did the ultimate sacrifice for the Familia, and like, I am imagining what it is, and I might be crazy... But launching a car into the International Space Station uh, to kill Cypher, and then he dies in space because he launched a car into the International Space Station to kill Cypher, then they have to get him out of hell. Right, because we all know uh, in, in the Fast and Furious universe, if you die on Earth, you go to heaven. But if you die in space, 
straight to hell. Uh, it's like international law, except hell law. Turns out, turns out, hell has domin- dominion over space. Okay, so quick question. We know there's two more. So nine space, ten hell, ten two, maybe else, maybe out of hell. Uh, but for a title for them going to hell, do we think Highway to Hell? Do we think Dominic's Inferno? <laughs> Both good options. Uh, and obviously you got to work some variation, not one used before, of the words Fast, Furious, and the number 10 and maybe colon the fast saga that remains to be seen but it's got it's got to be some those have to be in the mix along with highway to hell so we know for a fact that every fast movie has to be titled in a different asinine way right that's a, that's law i have a suggestion okay the 11th movie assuming they go to hell, would be The Fast and, spelled out, A-N-D, The Furious, <laughs> colon, Highway to H-E-1-1, colon, The Fast Saga. Because it's the 11th movie? Because it's the 11th movie. But it's going to be the 10th movie. Yeah, the 10th movie is the one where they have to go to hell. See, that's tough. Um, Obviously, the tenth movie is called FFX. <laughs> oh no! It has to be called oh, FFX. It works though. FFX. It has to be called FFX. FFX. It has to be. There's no. There's no uh, other way. This is a, this is a genuine prediction outside of any bits or jokes. There is no way that movie is not called FFX. It's got to be called FFX, yeah. That's amazing. It has to be. Because the ninth one is F9, F9 the Fast Saga? Ridiculous. Right. Does that mean... Okay. In the title, F9 the Fast Saga. Yes. What does the F stand for? Fast? But they already say the Fast Saga. So does that mean? Oh no! Furious Nine colon the Fast Saga. So for the wait, was the seventh one called Furious Seven? Yes, yes, it was Furious Seven, and then Furious Nine, the Fast Saga. Right. The first time ever in the series where Furious has appeared before Fast, Furious has appeared on its own. But never before fast. Uh, now, have we considered that the fast saga might be a last Jedi situation, and that it has multiple meanings? It might be. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Maybe fast is an acronym. Maybe well, there's a new character whose last name is fast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What? Hold on. <laughs> Okay. What if in F9, the Fast Saga, obviously we know it introduces Dominic Toretto's brother. And what if Dominic Toretto's (laughs) brother's name is Thomas Fast? And at the end of that movie, 
they are reviewing a dossier and they're like, this is the most dangerous criminal we've ever encountered. His name is Edmund Furious. Oh no. And all of these movies have been prequels to the fast versus oh. the furious. And Dom and his crew has just been caught up in this timeless ancient battle between fast and furious. And we if we go back, every movie that has just been called fast was <laughs> invoking Thomas Fast. And Absolutely. every movie with just fury what was it? Just Fury, uh, Edmund Furious? Yeah, yeah. And every movie with Just Furious was invoking Edmund Furious. And you're like, oh man, the rewatchability alone, John, would would make it worth it for that bit to be true. It's like Lost. There are two forces constantly in, it's like Lost or The Legend of Korra or basically anything. There are two eternal forces always at war the force of the fast and the force of the furious you may embody one but you certainly can embody both unless you are the legendary mythical dom toretto only dominic toretto has the power to contain the spirits of both fast and furious inside of his body and honestly, that makes him more dangerous than any god that, you, that could exist. Yes, I mean, it's it's absolutely true. Oh, the Fast Five, which is not the name of the movie. Uh, Fast Five is a great movie. I, I There's not even five of them. But what if the movie was called <laughs> The Fast Five? <laughs> Uh, Are there five of them? Dumb there's, front. There's, there's way more than five. There's, way more than, there's at least five of them. At least fast. At least five. I was gonna go. There's Dom. There's Brian. There's the Dominicans. Well, that's four. And there's so many more. Oh yeah. This movie is great. It's the last time the series is ever kind of small, kind of personal, kind of balanced because it just keeps blowing up from there. Fast 6 introduces the idea that there's an evil crew out there led by Owen Shaw. And then because of Fast 6, Deckard Shaw finds out about the Familia and tries to take them out one at a time. And then because of all that, uh, Cypher, yeah, Cypher <laughs> exists. At some point, Elena is kidnapped. Who was the bad guy in the fourth one? Just some guy in, like, Mexico. Just, like, a low... The guy who killed Letty. Or or had Letty killed, basically. I honestly think that that movie is the hardest one to remember. It is the least memorable. It is, And honestly, you're, yeah, I, I barely... The only thing I remember is, like, Letty dies, and that's it. Yeah, Letty dies, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And there's a really bad, really, really bad sequence... And a tunnel where the cars are not real. And I'm so glad that we have moved past that point in the franchise. And everything has been either practical effects or like at least the cars were real. You know, that's all I asked for. And your your high octane car action movie, the cars have to be fucking real. The cars have to be real at least like 80% of the time. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I if Met like a coward's eighty percent, where just like the car races are real and then the stunts are fake. Yeah, no, like if Mad Max can pull it off, the Fast and the Furious can pull off whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah, and that safe was only fake like forty percent of the time. You told me it was mostly practical. It was mostly practical. It was like a you, a big. A, it was light, obviously. You told me there was a car in there. Oh yeah, there is a. I forgot about. There's totally a car in the safe. Yeah, you told me it was kind of just the wires that were CGI. I think sometimes when it like smashes into things, it might be CGI. I don't remember. I'll have to read the article again. Yeah. I was just blown away that any of it was practical, to be honest. And I, I really, I really do. I, so uh, I was, I was really paying attention to see if I could spot when the switch happened. And the movie just it lays it out right in front of you without showing you. It's so like it treats you as smart as you want to feel because uh, there's you know it's like you know you've carved out a ten second lead, make good use of it. And then see you on the other side, like like we talked about last time. There are all these hints, but honestly, like all they do is cut the part where they go under the bridge, and like they're coming away, and you see that that garbage truck, and you're like, huh. Even if you missed like all the hints, and you saw that garbage truck, you'd be like, that's a weird detail. Why would a garbage truck be in the shot? And that's when they made the switch. The thing about a well-done heist movie is it's like a magic trick because it shows you everything you need to know, but you don't know how they did it until the end. Well, uh, that, that's why the ocean heist movie about magic tricks that does not follow that rule. Yeah, well, and that's why Ocean Eleven kind of sucks because they they you believe you're seeing everything, but before they even started to do anything, they they did things that you didn't get to see. That's why this is a good heist movie. At every step of the way, you see what they're doing, you see what they're planning, and even when they throw the entire plan out, and you see, like, but, like, it, it doesn't take long, like, we're gonna throw the plan out, and then they show you they're putting cables on the vault, and they're taking the vault, like, even though they didn't tell you they were taking the vault, it's self-explanatory by the time you see it happen. And, and it's so cool. It just treats you so smart. It's such a it's such a huge ballsy thing when they take the vault that you can't believe it. That there's no way you'd notice them giving you everything you need to know that the vault got switched out. Right. It, it, it kind of it it has the potential to kind of feel like a bullshit moment because, like you know, it's after everything that's done that the Rock opens up that safe. And looks at it and it's empty and they reveal it. So it kind of, it has the potential to feel that way. But honestly, on a rewatch, it's like, no, they were pretty honest with it. They showed you when it happened. They just didn't show you exactly what happened. But it's not as though it couldn't have happened. Like, it's not shoehorned in. I feel like aficionados of heist movies must be pretty upset that Fast Five made one of the best ones. Right, yeah, you, th- that has to hurt. Because, you know, beyond the people who, uh, who like us, have gone on this, what's the word, pilgrimage through the Fast Five series. <laughs> That's not what it's called. Pilgrimage through the fuck you and, and know that these movies are good. To everyone else on the outside, they're kind of like, oh, those movies? 
those aren't any good. Ha ha ha. So it must particularly hurt uh, heist movie aficionados for that reason. But they're weirdos anyway. Yeah, they like heist movies. Name one good heist movie. Uh, the Asphalt Jungle. All right, name another one. Uh, the Lady Killers. Okay, okay uh, name another one. Thomas Crown Affair. Um, all right, there might be some good ones. I, I thought you were just going to name Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. The Italian Job. That one is actually pretty good. Yeah, they're, I mean, all the ones I named are good, but the problem is they're mostly from the 60s and 70s. Back when you can really pull off a heist. These days, you can't really pull off a heist. Yeah, these days, the only heist you can do is an emoji. <laughs> only heist you can do is like a, like a, um, a TikTok. You know, used to be back in the back in the good old days, you would just worry about the TikTok of the watch that you synchronized with your heist crew. Now I have to worry about the TikTok of some seventeen-year-old fascist. Yeah, yeah. It used to be like TikTok meant synchronize your watches so we could all do the heist at the same time. I never really got why people synchronize their watches. I don't understand. Let's not get into it. All right. Well, I need to know though. Oh, they synchronize their watches, so they they typically have things set up like this is going to happen at exactly this time, so they want to make sure everything happens at exactly the same time. So, like at minute fifteen, you like drop the tear gas. They really plan they system. They really plan that out. So they plan out minute by minute. I mean, if you're heisting, baby, you got to live the heist life. Oh man, this is why I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, I've done three heists. <laughs> But I lost it all in Monaco. Oh, Monaco. That That's really funny that, you know, one bets all of it on red and one bets all of it on black. So you're like, oh, at least one of them might help the other. But then the camera heavily implies that it lands on the green double zero. It, yeah, absolutely it does. <laughs> that's... That is like an easy come, easy go scenario. But why would you ever do that? Hey, you know what they said? Money doesn't mean a thing to them. Well, the one guy said that. Yeah, I guess money doesn't mean a thing to them. Yeah. That's crazy. What a movie. It's a good movie. And I know we barely talked about it. But, like, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch this movie. It's so good. You gotta watch it. How do you feel about skipping the part where we rank all these movies? Because it's been years since we've seen them. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like one of us took really good notes and exact knows exactly where all these movies stand in their mind. And that's me. Oh, it is? That's you? I took perfect notes and let's go. Wait, so you don't want to skip where we rank all these movies? No, let's go. Let's do it. I, uh, wait, hold on. I'll go first. All right. Now, when you say all these movies, are you talking about all of the movies or just the ones that have released here in the day, September 1st, 2018? Uh, September 1st, 2018. Oh, I need to pull up a different list. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start. I, uh, what's the name? What's the name of your list? 
Uh, I got a little crazy with it this week. It's John's Good Fast List. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna go number one with a bullet. Best Fast and Furious movie is gonna be Fast Five. Right. Right. Number two, of course, is Too Fast, Too Furious. Right, right. Number three is The Fast and the Furious. Okay, okay. Number four is Tokyo Drift, obviously. Oh, all right. And number five is Fast and Furious. You're skipping two things. That's right. I'm skipping Los Bandoleros, which is, of course, number four. Absolutely correct, yes. And the supercharged prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious is, of course, dead last seventh place. Wow, you nailed it. I don't know how you did it, but you absolutely nailed it. Well, obviously, I took very, very good notes and did not wing that at all. That's great. And, of course, now, John, you know what time it is, right? Uh, It's probably time for your list that has a short, succinct name. Right. Very short, very succinct. It is once again time for Henry's Fast and Loose Good Time for All. Watch on, John, John, John. Fuck you, tier list. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, ba. Henry's the best. What the fuck is John doing? And number I feel like one, the list got a little personal. Uh, weirdly, uh, the first time around, you didn't you didn't comment on it. <laughs> Maybe I, my feelings. Have changed. I I was surprised too, to be honest. Uh, but number one in Top Gear, the fastest gear there is is Fast Five, and John. Maybe this is why we're meeting here today in the time stream, but this was the first time we ever agreed on a placement on our tier list. Really? Absolutely not. But maybe, maybe just maybe Fast Five being the number one on both of our tier lists is the reason why our time streams were able to sync up in this moment on September 1st, 2018. I think... I think you're right, though, that this is the first time we agreed on the number one spot. Yeah, this is the only time in the past or the future where you and I have agreed on something that really matters. Exactly. And I feel like it's destiny that we met here today. Uh, Now, number two, of course, is the Fast and the Furious, because once you see where we've went, now you can look back to where we were and see like, wow, they really laid the groundwork out. That's why it's so good. Uh, For some reason, I have a number three being Fast and Furious. Wow, interesting how wrong you are, Edward. I know, and uh, I'm, you know, going to stick with it. Uh, Number four was Los Bandoleros, so... (laughs) Okay, so Los Bandoleros is better than Tokyo Drift. Wait, I think you and I agreed on that point. We did actually agree on that point, um, because originally I forgot Tokyo Drift was a movie, and so number five is Tokyo Drift. Great. Uh, Number six, of course, John, you know it, I know it, the fans know it, 
and the fans know it. Number six, with every bullet in the chamber, is the supercharged prequel to Fast Too Fast Too Furious. Yeah, it was so, it was the best music video I've ever seen. So good. So good, this prequel. I'm very happy to have watched it. Every day I wake up and say, this is the day that I am thankful for having watched the prequel. And I've never said that. I've never said that about number last. It doesn't matter what list I'm saying. The last, the absolute dead last movie on this tier list. Too fast. Too furious. Sucks. You obstinate buffoon. Um, you absolute shithead. Ejectos, How could you do this? Ejectocito, cuz. I fucking hate you. Uh, look. That's just the way it was. And is. And is. We're here to try to fix the time stream. Wait, John. We're here to try to fix the time stream, right? Oh, shit, I forgot. Wait, J- John, I'm just realizing, what if what if my little shenanigan, my little bit of putting Too Fast, Too Furious last is what broke the time stream? Wait, does that mean that reorganizing it higher in the list may fix the time stream? I, I feel like, I feel like, John, it's worth a shot. Let me just crunch the numbers real quick. the microphone picking any of this up it is uh my (laughs) lip i can't make this up my google docs now says resource unavailable (laughs) (laughs) um all right I, i got it back okay yeah if i john it seems like it seems like my my bullying of you about Too Fast, Too Furious is what split the time stream in the first place. And the only thing that we can do to fix it is for me to place Too Fast and Too Furious higher on the list. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's... I think the only thing we can do... The only thing we can do is that I can do the social media. You rank your Fast and Furious movies from worst to best while I do the social media. And as long as you appropriately rate Too Fast, Too Furious for the great movie it is, we will return to our normal time stream. I mean, the science checks out. This this has to be the only... The only mistake we've ever made on the podcast. Everything else has been factually totally 100% accurate. Absolutely. So I'm going to I'm going to start doing the social media. In between you'll rank you'll rank the films in whatever order you see fit. I mean, I agree. Sorry, I was. At, I'm doing the work of. I'm. I'm doing some really complex equations here to really I mean, well, determine. That, that's fine. I'll get started on the social media. 
Uh, of course, if you want to send us a tweet in the future, which we are definitely going to and I'm going to enjoy very much, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. All right, so number seven has to be the supercharged prequel. Uh, there's no that that's 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 got to be the worst thing ever. Okay, so we're in agreement on that. So good so far. So far, so good. And of course, if you want to send us an email, you can do so too. Email at zerocredits.net, which is a website in the future, which we're going to. And if I carry the one here and uh, do a little tilde over the two, that would place, I think, Tokyo Drift next canonically okay okay we're doing we're doing good so far we are of course on spotify you can find us on the podcast section of spotify search for zero credits podcast in that podcast section of spotify uh in the future joe rogan's there too also he lives in the same town as he records of asana it's it's a whole thing but go to spotify look up our podcast a surprising number of our listens come from there Number five would be Los Bandoleros, and number four would be Fast and Furious, uh, mainly because Los Bandoleros is shorter and therefore cannot be as good as something longer, which is, that is, that's what's happening. Okay, so the math's checking out so far. We are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, search for Zero Credits Podcast on Apple Podcasts. A really great way people can learn about the show is to leave a comment, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, in the future, I promise, once we all get the, through this together, we're going to care so much more about the ratings and the marketing. We're really going to get out there. We're going to give you huge return on your investment uh, in time and in, in listen to this podcast. Henry, I'm so excited to go back to the future. So number three would be The Fast and the Furious. And then, John, number two, if this is right, this is game-changing. John, number two is Fast Five. Number two is Fast Five. Which leaves the number one best Fast and Furious movie. Wait, Henry. I've checked what the, you're saying. I've checked the math. I've checked be right. I've checked the algorithms, John. John, if I say this next sentence, a portal should open up to our future. Henry, so let's just see. Oh, you say you your piece. Be so careful. Say say what you're gonna say. You have to be so careful. I. I I just really want to go back to the future, Henry. Oh, don't... I mean, believe me. The future... Uh, I don't know if you know this, John. One of my favorite places to be. Uh, so it's I... It's not my number one right now, Henry. Well, I mean, comparatively. You know, if I have to be a kid who can open a jar, but then I leave the kid in the jar... I want to clarify. I opened the goddamn jar, John. Look, I don't care about what weak unjar opening John I over in the past. If I, you don't look, if you don't agree that I opened the jar, I'm not going to say the sentence. Henry, you just please. 
John, I'm not fucking around. Admit that I opened the jar. Henry, you opened the jar, okay? It's all, all I wanted to hear. It's all I wanted to hear. And with that, number when one. When it hit the ground, I'm sure that the jar opened. Not when you tried to open it with your Fuck hands. off, you piece. God. Ugh. Oh, what are you going to do about it, huh? We're going back to the future. Everything's the same in the future. You can't do anything to me. Oh, number one is too fast, too few. Number one is too... Too fast. You gotta say it. You gotta admit it. You gotta say it. The number one movie is Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, holy shit. A portal actually opened. Is this right? Can we... Can we go? I... John, I feel like we have no choice, but... Well, let me just say, from everyone here, at the Zero Credits 2018 Studio Apartment, which is where that joke originated, Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. But John, I I feel like we have no choice but to, to step through this portal together and come out the other side in the future. Okay, so uh, I know this is a first on the podcast, but uh, just hold my hand, I guess. If I have to, but note that when I grab your hand, it has the firmness and the strength to open a fucking jar! Uh, It feels pretty weak and slick to me, so... Agree to disagree, John. Let's step into a portal. Now, I don't know if you know this about stepping into a portal, John, but you have to narrate that it's happening and stretch out the word portal so that someone can do a fade out on it and it sounds really sweet. Okay, so we have to say, for instance, that we're stepping into Into a portal! Like that, that's how we have to say it? That's how, yes, ideally that's how we would have to say it. Okay. So All right. The count of three. All right. The count from three to one. From three to one. Wait, is there going to be a go? Uh, yes. All right. Okay, so three, two, one. Stepping. Go. Oh, stepping into. Stepping into. We're stepping. Portal. We're stepping. Portal. We're stepping. 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 We're stepping.